Hey everybody, welcome to OK Talks. I'm your host, Oliver Kendall. So, been a minute. I'd like to start by letting you know that I am in fact alive. And next I'd like to apologize for not having given you, my listeners, any warning at all before I vanish without a trace for months on end. Those of you who know me know that I started a rather time-consuming job around the time that I put out my last episode, but based just on the numbers, there are in fact quite a number of you who I have never met in person, so especially to those of you who don't know me personally, again, sorry to have completely disappeared. I didn't announce any sort of hiatus around the time that I ghosted you all, because at the time I really didn't have any intention of taking one. I really thought I'd just need a couple of weeks to adjust to the job and then get back to releasing episodes normally. But it turns out that producing podcast episodes in uh, in the format that I was putting them together before, well, they may have ended up being roughly 30 minutes in length, but trust me, they took a hell of a lot longer to make. Uh, putting together episodes like that with any degree of regularity was just not possible when I'm in the office 45 hours a week. That is, at least if I wanted to also be able to cook, have any semblance of a social life, and sleep, at least occasionally. Now, I have to admit, I have, for a long time, felt a real sense of guilt around that. Because uh, since I put out my last episode, so much has happened that I would have liked to comment on. Um, so much in general, but especially things that like specifically fall into my niche as a liberal with a national security bent. But I didn't say anything. Um, because everything seemed so important that it required, like, a massive, deeply researched, in-depth episode all on its own. And I always thought, oh, I should wait till I have time to, like, sit down and really do it. But as my friend Nate, who, by the way, deserves all the credit for having hounded me constantly for months to start putting out episodes again, put it, that's like being in a relationship, unexpectedly not talking to your partner for three months... And then continuing to just not talk to them until you, specifically until you have, like, just the right thing to say. Which is stupid. So, instead of continuing to do that, I'm going to try to bring OK Talks back. Now, I'm not sure yet what form that'll take, since I just don't have the bandwidth to do, basically, 30-minute editorials with any degree of regularity like before. But I'm going to try to come in and comment... Um, in some form, to try to, as I always said before, help my American listeners understand some of the big things going on in the world from the perspective of somebody who's lived on the outside, and help my non-American listeners understand just what the hell is going on in my own country. Now, I should note here as well that I don't in any way speak in this podcast for the company of my day job, uh, and will just not here talk about things where they might uh, present any sort of conflict of interest. This little... I don't know, reset episode, has thus far been basically just my mea culpa for ghosting. Now, based on the instinct that I built over a whole bunch of previous episodes of this podcast, I'm really tempted now to go into a deep dive on the potential massive Ukrainian counterattack against the Russian invaders to take back big chunks of the southeast part of that country that we are probably about to see. Or to giggle for 30 minutes at Mitch McConnell's profound bad fortune to, like, have to watch the spectacularly incompetent Senate candidates Trump basically foisted on the Republican Party just melt down in the most hilarious way possible. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Herschel Walker or Google Dr. Oz and the word crudité. Or to freak out for an hour over the 
profoundly precarious state of Western democracy as represented in Trump's supporters' ever more violent threats against basic governing institutions in the United States, uh, and Jair Bolsonaro clearly laying the groundwork to just disregard the results of an election coming up in Brazil in which every indication is that he's about to get his ass handed to him. But I'm not going to do any of those things because I don't have time. <laughs> Instead, I'll just say that today, unlike most days, frankly, I'm feeling optimistic. Not, I should say, not about sort of relaunching this podcast. That I'm worried that I'll screw up and not meet even my most basic expectations for how much I'll be able to do this. But strangely, I'm feeling kind of optimistic about the world. Over the last month or two, besides, of course, American women having a fundamental right torn away from them by, what's by realistic, by six Republican politicians in black dresses shoved onto the Supreme Court by Republican presidents who didn't actually win the vote of the majority of Americans, for further rantings about how terrible the Supreme Court is, see a number of previous episodes of OK Talks, including especially episode number, uh, number seven. <laughs> Besides that, of course, a lot of really good stuff has actually been happening, at least in the U.S. We passed the CHIPS Act, which is basically a $200 billion investment in the semiconductor industry, which will create a ton of jobs in the U.S., uh, and also position us way better to compete with China in a really, really essential industry. We passed the, I think it was called the PACT Act, which is a bill to provide important medical treatment to veterans who really need and deserve it. And I should say, as somebody who in previous episodes has <laughs> endlessly lamented the Democrats' abject weakness in the realm of bare-knuckle partisan warfare, I especially love that we passed it in a way that involved basically playing legislative hardball, which we usually suck at, uh, since Republicans, for reasons passing understanding, appear to not want to provide this health care to veterans, you know, because Republicans are the party of patriots and supporters of the military. Good news also for fans of not being on fire, this hits extra close to home after spending the last two months sitting through a massive heat wave in the largely unair-conditioned realm of Western Europe. Uh, we passed what I believe is the largest investment ever in combating climate change. That same bill, the rather smartly named, given the context, I think, Inflation Reduction Act also finally established a corporate minimum tax and gave some much-needed assistance to the horribly understaffed IRS, uh, just among other things, aimed at cutting back on the absurd amount of tax dodging that happens in America. The bill also cuts costs to Americans on everything from energy bills to healthcare costs, and finally, finally, allows Medicare to negotiate with the drug companies, an area where, up until now, American taxpayers had been being just aggressively ripped off for decades by the drug companies. Oh, and by the way, the bill does all of that while, despite what's being bleated constantly by imbeciles on right-wing Twitter, uh, while not raising taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year, and also cutting the deficit by about $300 billion. Not so shabby. Also, the J6 committee, uh, sorry, not American listeners, um, the committee set up in the House to investigate the violent attack by Trump supporters on the Capitol uh, in January of 2021, something I talk about more extensively in episode 
10 of this podcast, uh, the J6 committee has finally revealed to the public just some of the titanic wrongdoing of Trump uh, and various of his toadies in their attempt to, you know, stage a coup uh, after losing an American election. Um, and on top of that, wouldn't you know it, it turns out the Department of Justice uh, hasn't just been sitting on its hands this whole time either, uh, as we saw with their execution of a search warrant, uh, a lawful, authorized by a judge, search warrant of Trump's golf club in Mar-a-Lago, where he, it turns out, has been hiding a whole bunch of classified documents. Or as Trump put it, I assume, Oh my God, they even broke into my safe. It's the worst attack on any American politician, on the American people. Great people, really, really, really terrific people. The most terrible, very bad, very bad, bigly attack on America in the human history of time. Looks like my already mediocre Trump impression has suffered during my time away. In any case, also, inflation seems to be slowing down. Gas prices have been dropping for like two months straight. Here's where I need to just add a PSA to any American listeners I might have who think the previous rise in inflation and gas prices are somehow President Biden's fault or an American phenomenon. They are not. Both are worse over here in Europe, um, in every single European country where Biden is, checks notes, uh, not actually the president. Speaking of Uncle Joe, just in terms of the electoral horse race front, the recent uptick in his approval rating seems to imply that people might have finally maybe started to realize that they're actually pretty goddamn lucky to have a relatively calm, competent, very experienced person as president who is frankly doing an excellent job. Furthermore, furthermore, uh, and you heard it here, okay, well, not first, but you know, you heard it here also, the blue team is going to hold and probably expand our majority in the Senate. And at this rate, we might even scrape a majority in the House, which would be a game changer. I should clarify, it would be a game changer because although we, as of right now, do in fact have a slim majority in the House, a lot of our, a lot of our priorities have died in the Senate as a result of two quote-unquote Democratic senators named Kirsten Gillib... No. Sorry, Senator Gillibrand. Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, who have gummed up a lot of our priorities, uh, and if we were to expand our majority in the Senate almost at all and hold the House, we would be able to get a lot more very good things done during the second two years of President Biden's first term. Furthermore, in addition to some really good things happening recently within the United States, <laughs> this summer hadn't gone so hot for several enemies of the United States and... Uh, the liberal democratic world more generally. And yes, for any who bump on the use of that word enemy, we should think of at least Russia and probably China as enemies. So first of all, strategic genius Vladimir Putin's three-day colonization of Russia's Ukrainian neighbors has at this point lasted closer to six months, during which the Ukrainians, with support from the global good guys, have made an absolute ass of the supposedly invincible Russian army, killed tens of thousands of them, including a huge number of generals, which is, I'm sorry, hilarious if you know anything about the abject incompetence required to lose a bunch of generals, or any. For reference, the United States, despite having been in a lot of wars over the last 50 years, I don't think has lost anyone that high-ranking in at least like half a century. I should say, in celebrating Ukraine's having done way better than everybody expected, I don't mean to minimize the profound suffering inflicted on the innocent people of Ukraine as they are, on a grand scale, raped and pillaged by the orcs from next door. 
that's what the Ukrainians have been calling the Russian military. Evidently, they like Tolkien as much as me. But for a three-day uh, special military operation, the sure is taking a while for the Tsar and his minions. And the counterattack the Ukrainians are about to launch feels, well, feels just as heroic as basically everything else this underdog country led by an underdog president has pulled off over the last six months. I want to say again here, credit to President Biden for having done an excellent job shepherding the global, global uh, coalition uh, that he's put together in defending Ukraine and making sure that they are, as, you know, a lot better armed than they would have been uh, had, well, a less competent U.S. president been in place. A less competent U.S. president, or even one who had several years ago attempted to extort the Ukrainians by threatening to not ship them arms that they had paid for, uh, in exchange, uh, unless they gave him political dirt on a domestic opponent. You know, someone like that. Boy, Trump's first impeachment didn't age well. Oh, also, the Chinese just threw a massive, like, hissy fit because Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, which is, I'm sorry, just hilarious. Uh, not least because they didn't seem to feel nearly as threatened when other male politicians visited, but also because them doing that, I'm sorry, it's just pathetic. It's clearly an attempt to distract their population with red meat, since the absolutely vile, vicious government of that country has so egregiously mismanaged almost everything for the last couple of years in the lead-up to President Xi now attempting to basically coronate himself dictator for life. Oh, yeah, and we killed the head of Al-Qaeda again. I don't know. There's a lot to worry about right now. A lot. But for today, for all those reasons I just rattled off, I feel optimistic. And on that uncharacteristically positive note, OK Talks is back. In some form. Under construction. I don't know what future episodes are going to look like. I don't know how long they're going to be. I don't know what, if any, guests they're going to have. I don't know what format they're going to follow. But I'm going to try to be here to summarize and comment on things happening in the world. I hope you'll continue to join me. I appreciate your understanding for having ghosted you for months. And I'll try not to, you know, do that again. Eh, but on the other hand, an apology in advance just in case never killed anyone. In any case, that's it for this episode of OK Talks. If you like the podcast, either as it was before or as it gets back up and running again, please like it. Please subscribe to it. It should be appearing uh, on all of the major podcast streaming platforms. And most of all, please share it with somebody else who you think might like it. I should also say for my audience who are on Twitter that I am also on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at OWS Kendall. That's O-W-S-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. -L. Please feel free to tweet at me. I've actually been kicking around the idea of maybe trying to field more engagement from you, the audience, maybe... I don't know, answer questions or opine on certain issues you want me to talk about in some form. So, you know, go follow me on Twitter if you want. As always, thanks to my friend Nate Wright for having designed the podcast artwork, and thanks to you for listening. Till next time.